This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce <laughs> yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schleich. And with me, John Ham. John Ham, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Uh, good. Happy New Year. Uh, do, you, uh, do you do New Year's resolutions for yourself? I, no, I don't. I should, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. I think about them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got it that way, too. It's like every year, like, okay, um, I need to change my diet a little bit. I need to get you know more serious about and, and I'm an active guy. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but like most Americans, I've got a few extra pounds I would like to get rid of. And every year I go through this, like, <laughs> but then beer is delicious and food is tasty and, you know, just, just life in general does not lead me to, I can't just sit down and have kale all the time. I just can't. Uh, my wife does that. I do not. I'm with you. <laughs> I can't do it either. Uh, I, I always have the... It's not even really a resolution anymore. It's just something that I do. We do the half marathon uh, in downtown Oklahoma City every year, my wife and I. So something that we're okay. going to start, start training for. Now, uh, that, I, that I need to do. I need to do that. Um, I have done – I was part of a relay team a few years ago on, a, on the memorial. It's a really cool race, really good cause, really cool race. Oh, no doubt. And, and I mean, I just – I thought it was just awesome just kicking off the race in downtown Oklahoma City and – um, so yeah, I, I need to get back into that. Um, I, I was at a point where I could go, I could go jog, you know, six miles, no problem. Yeah. Um, I'm a little winded these days, so that's a good one. I'm going to have to focus on that. Yeah, I'll do that. And, uh, I have others that, that probably won't happen. Uh, let's do, let's do new year's resolutions for players. So a little bit 77 had the question, could you give new year's resolutions for the thunder players? Um, and we, I ta- we had the same question last week. I still have the same one for Russ, and it's, you know, hold off on getting so many technicals. Because like, <laughs> uh-huh. I think that, that it hurts the team. And I can understand his argument. I know that he gets just destroyed at every time he drives the ball, mostly because teams can pack the paint on the Slender team. Um, but he's just he's got to hold it together. If he's going to win the MVP, he's got to hold it together. Okay, that's a good one. I'm going to say trust your teammates as the game goes on. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Because the usage rate for, like, all the players goes down as the game goes along and goes up for Russ. Yeah. And So trust your teammates. It's not all on you. You've got four other guys. Yes, you, occasionally Russ pulls off a spectacular, you know, three-pointer. And, and, and it's not that he's a complete, utter failure in clutch situations, but – Got to start trusting the other guys a little more. Yeah, particularly Stephen Adams, in my opinion. No doubt. Yeah, uh, Victor Oladipo. A lot of with a lot of these other guys, like be more aggressive is one of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Oladipo has kind of become like this spot up shooter defender, like 
more of like a Kent Bazemore than he is like a Victor Oladipo. And I'd love to see him uh, handle the ball more, run more pick and roll. He did that a little bit then in the last game, but I'd like to see him as a primary ball handler a little bit more and develop that a little bit more. So be more of a primary ball handler, Vic. There you go. And looking at his free throws, I mean, he's down to 2.1 per game this season. Oh man. Yeah. And he's shooting 65% from the line. This is a guy that was hitting 83% last season, getting to the line three or four times a game. I'm with you. Find a way to get to the line and get some free points. Yeah. That's, I mean, that could be for the entire team. Except for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> it's been so bad. Um, okay, Andre Robertson. Andre Robertson hit a free throw. Yeah. Make your free throws, man. He's at 33% on the season, which is so bad. It's, it's, it is it's better than his three-point percentage, and that's only because his three-point percentage is a down to 27%. Yeah, I'm not feeling real good about my, uh, my bet that his three-point percentage would be higher. But... <laughs> There's a lot of game to be played here still. That free throw percentage can come down. I'm with you. I don't know what it's going to take to fix that, to make it better. I mean, you're you're not going to fix it, but there's got to be some way to make it better. It just seems like when he steps to the line, he knows what's coming. He hoists up the shot, and he kind of like starts falling backwards immediately because, you know, he knows it's going to just graze the rim. Um, Yeah, something's got to be done there. Maybe he needs to float with Singler a little bit. Mm, that's good. Do something. I for, bet if they do something uh, for your mind, Andre. I bet they could find a group on, <laughs> and probably uh, probably come up with something there. Get yourself a group on to float. Here's our solution. Um, Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. Get more involved in the offense. Set more screens. Uh, do more pick and roll. I know that obviously this is not like up to Stephen Adams, but. Um, mm-hmm if he could be more aggressive on the offensive end, like he's had several 20 point games and I don't think that he's a guy that will average 20 points a game, you know, in the next two or three years, but he should average 15, 16 points a game. He's at 12 right now. Uh, he, he should be more involved um, in all, in all facets of the offense. He's a really good screen setter and I don't really get why he doesn't do it more. I would say impart more defensive knowledge on Cantor and Laverne. Um, So a story I'm writing for Bleacher Report is about Steven Adams. And the one thing that I look (laughs) at when Adams is off the court, uh, the opponents are plus 7.5 per 100 possessions. So there's a big drop off when Adams. Yeah. When he steps off the court and his backups come in um, and look, I mean, that passes the eye test, too. I mean, that's that's not just some, you know, glaring stat. So yeah, let's let's see what you can do like Perk did with you, impart that knowledge, that wisdom onto uh, your backups. Yeah. Adams just needs to I don't know. He's just kind of one of these guys that like really downplays like who he is and like what he does. Right. And if and maybe that's a facade like for the media, but part of me thinks that it's not uh, and that he needs to like really understand that you're the second best player on this team. And he acts like he's like the 10th best player on the team. Right. No, I, I agree. There are times where it seems like he could be more assertive <laughs> and, you know, not with like, you know, rocking the boat, like throwing a fit, like demanding the ball or anything, but I mean, it feels like there, there are times where, um, yeah, he could be, uh, he could be a little more forceful. Yeah. Uh, Demonis Sabonis. Do you have one for him? Let me think. 
What do I want Domas to do? You know, he's again, he's a 20 year old rookie. Just keep growing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not going to expect anything, you know, more substantial than what he's doing right now. I think he's shooting the ball adequately enough. I think he's doing well enough defensively. If you look at his player efficiency rating, it's still, you know, well below replacement player. Yeah. But he's a rookie. So just keep growing and keep doing what you do. Yeah. I've, I'm really, I've, I've been super impressed with him. I think that he has a ton of room to grow. I'd like to see him as a facilitator, even with like the second unit a little bit, um, and maybe not have Cantor out there and see what he can do kind of in that Cantor-esque role. Maybe not in that same position on the block, but maybe um, top of the free throw line, like see what he can do as a facilitator from there. Because I, I think he's a really smart player. Uh, he, he just doesn't really get much opportunity to show that. He's got a usage rate of 14.4, which is like well below the average. Um, mm-hmm. And everybody's usage rate is kind of janky uh, because of Russell Westbrook. Um, but I'd like to I'd like to see him use more possessions. Um, my friend Alex tweeted the other night that you know he had one shot against the Bucks, and if he's going to be in the game, it's because I think he's a really good shot maker and I think he can move the ball really well. And I think he needs to get more than one shot if he's going to play. So I'd like to see him more involved in the offense as well because I do think that he has a lot to offer. Uh, so, some that we haven't seen and some we have seen, but. On a night-to-night basis, I'd like to see him more involved. Yeah, no doubt. And I think the reason given for starting Sabonis is they want him with the more veteran guys rather than, you know, being kind of like the the star of the bench unit, as it were. That he's got more support being in the starting lineup, you know, than he would coming off the bench. I still think it's it's worth a look, like you said, to try to facilitate some offense through him on the second unit, just uh, just to get him some more looks. Because when he's on the floor with Russ and, and Adams and Oladipo, it's going to be few and far between. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's a strange role for him, uh, just because he he played such a different role at Gonzaga, and then to yeah, go to basically like a perimeter oriented big, uh, is, <laughs> it's a big transition. So I know the other he's still learning. Yeah, the other New Year's resolution, get to the free throw line again. Oh, my Lord. What's he, let's see what his totals are. Total is. Right is now. he still at six? Seven. Seven. Oh, seven wow. Four of seven. Where, did he have an and one the other night? Is that what I'm forgetting? He, yeah, he's had, a, he's had a couple and ones. Let's see. I think he had an and one. Well, that was back on Christmas Day, I think. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Kyle Singler. Still has more free throw attempts than Demonis Sabonis. Kyle it's Singler, unreal. Kyle Singler's played 210 minutes. Sabonis has played 745, and he's he's attempted eight, and uh, Domas seven. And I'll tell you too. I mean, Domas is, is a rookie. Uh, there's a lot of times where I feel like that he has gone to the basket, drawn contact, and the rest don't call it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think again, that's just his uh the fact that he's a rookie in the league and you know he'll work through that eventually but he's not getting a lot of calls that he should be getting and he gets i feel like he gets an unusual amount of ticky tack fouls maybe that's my my homerism but i just i just the fouls that he gets called for are just not the same as others no i i think that's i think that's very appropriate uh jeremy grant jeremy grant 
just hold on for dear life to your 41% three-point percentage. That should be your uh, <laughs> <laughs> resolution. I, can't, I still can't believe it's happening. <clears throat> he's over one attempt per game. Uh, he's shooting uh, 41% uh, from three, and then he is 50% from the corners this season. Man, if he can, if he can be a guy that can play three positions – that can shoot 40% from three, which, by the way, I don't think is sustainable, um, and defend all those positions. Man, like he's that's a valuable piece. And he may not be as good as Ilyasova is this year, but the dude's 22, and he can dunk. And I just I, I love his game, and I think that, that was a really good pickup uh, by Sam and an incredible pickup if he can continue to hit threes. And there's your three and D wing that people have been clamoring for. So uh, that's a possibility. Uh, My, my new year's resolution for Jeremy break a backboard. You're not, you're not dunking it hard enough. You're, you're, you know, you're going in a little soft there. You can dunk it harder. I know you can. He's going to have to go eat some more, eat some more fries to get there, I guess. (laughs) Look, he just got to Oklahoma. Okay. That's true. (laughs) He'll figure out the local diet. Sure enough. We can make this happen. Don't worry, Jeremy. Uh, Ennis Cantor. Uh, Ennis Cantor. I mean, obviously, like, you want to pick on his defense, um, which is fine. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a ton of criticism for Cantor because I'm just high, just hyper aware of his limitations. Um, so, Ennis Cantor, I don't know. What do you got? I can't. I I sat and thought about this before, and I glossed over him. I just can't think of. I can't think of what. Oh, I, I got one. Take more threes, Ennis Cantor. He hasn't. Okay. T- he hasn't taken a lot of threes this season. Uh, <clears throat> he's not see. hitting them. No, he's not. He's three of twenty-four in the season. So he hasn't taken. He hasn't taken many, and he's obviously less than one a game. Not making them either. Um, yeah. But I'd like I'd like to see him shoot more because I we know he can shoot, um, and one of the indicators of a good shooter is the free throw line. He's shooting seventy seven percent from the line, so like he's a good free throw shooter, and he has hit threes in the past. I'd like to see him do that because he's become a better passer this season, uh, and if he can become a, a better passer and a better three point shooter, that's a really really valuable player, even with his defensive limitations. Yeah, I would say for him, uh, it's going to be basically two resolutions kind of folded into one. Uh, next time the team plays Golden State, keep your mouth shut. Number one. <laughs> That's a good one. Number two, find a way to stay on the floor. Um, you know, Billy Donovan is going to go to him. I don't think he's going to DNP coaches decision him for that game. Um, and yeah, Golden State's probably going to immediately put him into a pick and roll and try to abuse him find a way to stay on the basketball court. That's a good one. I think, I think his passing is going to, going to help that for sure. Yeah, Um, it could, but yeah, defensively it's going to be tough. And the thunder, I mean, they have a lot of switchy bigs now. They just need a wing so bad. I know that um, Robertson's supposed to be a wing, but he's barely a wing to me. (laughs) Yeah. He should play the four. Uh, Right. Kyle Singler. Uh, my resolution for Kyle Singler is to somehow wear the flames and dice shirt that he was wearing 
at a birthday party recently under his jersey. So <laughs> he comes in the game, he slips off the the warm up, and underneath is his jersey over the flames and dice button up shirt. I nice. He's he's got nowhere to go uh, but up from here, and I think that's his first step. Nice. Um, New Year's resolution for Kyle. I I, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> look, we're, we're we're coming up on two years of hearing of him here in Oklahoma City, and you know it's kind of like asking Russell Westbrook to change at this point. I, I honestly don't know what he can do at this point. I, I don't think he's actually. I I just don't think he's capable of like turning into a productive rotation player at this point here in Oklahoma City. He's not an NBA player anymore. And, you know, it could be he could be shipped off to Charlotte or somewhere else and suddenly kind of, you know, um, new surroundings and he gets revitalized and becomes more productive. But it's it's just not going to happen here. No, it's it's over. Uh, but until then, Kyle, try to get that Dyson flame shirt on. <laughs> um, Anthony Morrow, Anthony Morrow, hit your threes consistently. Uh, get yourself, what is he at right now? 28% from three. That's your only skill, man. Yeah. You've got to take more threes. And he's been, and I think a part of the problem with him is that he, he doesn't have a ton of attempts this year. Uh, Sabonis has more attempts than he does this year. Andre Robertson has more attempts than he does this year. And a lot of that's minutes. I understand that. But uh, even with the minutes difference between he and Sabonis, he should have more uh, three-point attempts. He's only taken 83s. He's 28%. Uh, a lot of it is that he's pump faking and driving and he's taking a lot of twos. He's almost had the same number, same number of two point attempts that he does three point attempts, seven, 74, two point attempts and 80, three point attempts. Those shouldn't be close. Not at all. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and I know some of it's spacing issues and whatnot, but he's got to take more threes. That's, that's how he's valuable to this team. And it's kind of, I, I think it's part of the reason that he's out of the rotation right now, uh, is he's just got to take them. I mean, it's a nice luxury for Donovan to have. If Morrow's not hitting, you can go to, uh, you can go to uh, Abrinas. That's the guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can go to that for a while and you know, that, that could tilt back the other direction. Um, I guess my new year's resolution, maybe, maybe he needs more sleep. He's got the twins that were born Ooh, before the yeah. season started. That's true. Um, maybe he's just, maybe he just needs a few more naps. I don't know how people raise twin babies. I, God, I don't know. <laughs> Done it with one baby, and yeah. it seems really hard that way. I don't know how you. Yeah. Have, I don't know you have. I you have two that are the same. I age. have or, two or more. I, I honestly don't know how in the world that's that's possible. Uh, hats off to everyone that's been able to do that. Yeah, no uh, Samaje uh, Christian, Samaje, I need you to get a um, a seat cushion. Because once Cameron Payne comes back, you're, you're going to have to be pretty comfortable on the bench, my man. So this one's pretty easy. Just go to Bed Bath & Beyond, get yourself a little cushion, yeah, and uh, yeah. and have a seat. Good. Yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say, uh, it, during his, his downtime that's coming up, uh, work on dribbling the basketball but preventing it from coming above your waist. <laughs> you dribble so high. <laughs> just just below the waist dude just work on that and see and how I, that works and I, I i give him a lot of credit because he's put in a position that he really wasn't supposed to be in and sure he's done fine he's had good moments he's had a lot of bad moments um but i think that he's he's doing the best that he can 
Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. It's not, uh, it's not one of those things where I feel like he's not living up to his potential or anything. I mean, this was the what number 55 overall pick a few years ago. Um, one season with the blue one season overseas. We knew during that time that he was not much of a shooter, um, that he was going to be basically a defender and a, and a ball handler. He's doing those things, but you know, clearly the thunder need more than that. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey Laverne or Laverne, however you want to say it. <clears throat> we need to ask Brian Davis because I think he has, he has the best pronunciation. It's like Laverne. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does. Now that I think about it, he does. It's very, it's very, very good. Uh, yeah. Joffrey just needs to become a better defender if he's going to play more. So he he's got, has he's got, got on his defense. We talk about passing. There, there have been moments where he's had that Nick Collison esque passing ability. Yeah. So if he can bring that. We, we know what he's capable of, you know, doing on, on the glass and offensively where he's got that, you know, where he kind of comes across the lane. He does this. It almost expires the 24 second shot clock by the time he starts the move to the point to where the ball leaves his hand. But um, he's there's there's some stuff to work with there. I, I just want to get him like a beard trimmer. <laughs> That's New Year's resolution. Tr- tame that beast once in a while. Yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> the hair on top is is so perfect, and then I know the the beard and the is just untamed. Yeah, he's not like Steve, where he's just letting himself go, right? But he is on his face. He and Cantor, yeah. I've talked a ton about Cantor's passing. He and Cantor have the same number of total assists this season. Hmm, um, interesting. And Joffrey's played four hundred forty four minutes, and Cantor seven twenty one. So yeah, yeah, I think that. I mean. Sam Presti has done something really interesting is that he's gotten all these big guys that can shoot, can pass a little bit, um, and aren't great defenders. I'd, yeah. I'd love to know like the, the real thinking behind all this because it seems a little unclear to me. And I know that they're definitely not done with their roster, but um, they have a lot of overlap and skill set with Sabonis and Laverne and then mm-hmm. Cantor a little bit, I guess. Um, so I just, I would, I'd love to know more of the thinking behind that. Uh, let's go Alex Sabrinas. Alex Sabrinas, fill in the gaps, man. Fill in the gaps of your beard. <laughs> I don't care if it's marker. I don't care. Yeah. Call, call up Carlos Boozer and see what he put yes. in his hair a few years ago. It's exactly and, what I was thinking. And fill in those gaps because, man, either shave it or fill in the gaps because uh, it's it's not working much for me. I like that. I don't know if I can top that. I'll leave it there. Uh, Nick Collison. Just do you, man. Just keep being you. <laughs> we don't need to. There's yep. no resolutions for you. You just keep being. Just keep being yourself. Yep. Just stay ready. That's right. Um, hot hand player of the week. I think it's got to be Stephen Adams again, man. He's had a really. He had a really nice week. He's had a really good game against the Bucks. Uh, Twenty and eight against the Bucks. He's looked great. His hand is obviously fully healed. He's hitting uh, that little floater shot. He's dunking. Uh, I I really have been impressed with Stephen Adams. So um, he's our hot hand player of the week, sponsored by Anchor Down. Go to Anchor Down, get yourself a corn dog. It is cold outside in Oklahoma City. Uh, lucky for you, Anchor Down has a really nice bar. They have a really great beer selection, great corn dogs. Uh, go inside. You can watch Thunder games in there. They got multiple TVs. They'll play the sound um, inside as well. So it's a fun place to watch a game. 
uh, and a fun place to either get lunch or dinner. So go get yourself a corn dog at Anchor Down. So the big news this week, John Hamm, happened to be that Paul Millsap hit the market and people like to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he's a guy that would fit in a lot of different places. Obviously, we have trade machined him to Oklahoma City in lots of different ways. And we will, on Friday, I will make a lot of different Paul Millsap trades to lots of different teams. But today, we're just going to talk about uh, Paul Millsap to the Thunder. First of all, what are your general thoughts? And then we can put together some trade packages here in a second and see what that would look like. I mean, just on the surface, the fact that you look at his age, you look at his contract status, uh, it, it would be atypical of this organization to you know make a move for him. I, I am fully in support of the idea. Um, you know, if I were running the team, a I would have no idea what I'm doing. But b sure, I, I would you know definitely be you know trying to work on that. Um, I think you know it's very interesting to think of potentially adding him. You know, with Russ, Oladipo, Adams, Millsap, um, I think there's some pieces on Atlanta that kind of make sense in Oklahoma City. They're all on expiring deals. Um, but the thing is, if you if you make a move for Millsap and he leaves after the season, what's your mechanism for replacing him? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know that you have one. I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, depending on what kind of a package you put together, um, you know, maybe you could position yourself that if he leaves, then you you know can create like twenty million in cap room. But that also means losing, you know, potentially Laverne and Jer- Jeremy Grant and Andre Robertson and you know, it's, it's kind of dicey. So, um, I saw some, uh, on Twitter this morning, I saw some comparisons to Rashid Wallace back in Oh four that, mm-hmm. that in other words, Millsap could be, you know, that kind of a difference maker potentially. I don't know if he's going to make another team, you know, put him over the top unless he goes to golden state or Cleveland. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you look back, I mean, the Hawks got essentially a mid first round pick for Rashid Wallace. Everything else was expiring contracts in a mid first round pick. Um, it seems like, I, I don't know what the Hawks are looking for necessarily, but if they can come out of this with like a good prospect and a future pick, that's probably going to be, I, I think that's going to be about what they get if they actually make that move. Yeah. They're in a tough spot because they, they can't afford to let somebody walk again, like they did with Horford and they kind of recovered. Okay. Getting Dwight Howard, but Man, yeah, and, and that's they can't let him walk. They can't let him walk, so they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to do something. And see, I, that's the other thing that I've heard a lot too is you know, oh, they lost, you know, Al Horford for nothing. No, they got Dwight Howard. I mean, it, that's a, a lot of times people. When you look at that, it's rare that you lose a guy and get nothing in return. Now, when the Thunder lost Durant and Waiters, they got the ability to sign a former second round pick. They got the ability to extend Westbrook. Um, but you know, they didn't actually like get to take, you know, 20 million in cap room and, and turn that into something or turn it into another guy. It was just kind of like to patch some existing holes. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the Hawks lost Al Horford, they were able to sign Dwight Howard. So to me, you didn't really lose him for nothing. You just got, you know, it, if Horford would have stayed, they wouldn't have got Dwight Howard. I mean, that's, that's right. just the way it is. So Dwight's anyway, that's good. just, 
yeah. for Atlanta. Atlanta has not been a good team this year. They've they've kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, but um, Dwight's been pretty good for them. Uh, I think they really miss Jeff Teague. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a strange. It's a it's a tough situation for them uh, with a lot of these guys. With I th- I think Paul Millsap will probably be moved. And I think that you were right when you're at the beginning. He's turning 32 in a month, and he's going to demand a max contract. Are the Thunder? Do the Thunder even want to extend a 32-year-old? You know, four years when he's 36. Do you want to pay him 30 million dollars? Like, I mean, yeah. that's tough. And then it really limits the Thunder what they can do going forward. They're just completely locked into this team. Uh, they'll be capped out. And I, I like Paul Millsap. I think that, in fact, I think Paul Millsap might make the Thunder the second best team in the West. Because uh, the top four of Millsap, Westbrook, Oladipo, and Adams is a really, really nice top four uh, with Adams and Oladipo getting better as they get older. But then Paul Millsap, like, what's going what's gonna to happen? Sometimes these guys that are, like, these second-round picks that are just – that have – really developed their skills and and gotten places they can drop off fast like carlos boozer was a really good player for a long time until he wasn't and i know that Millsap is better than carlos boozer in almost every way uh, <laughs> but there's just no talent when someone hits 32 years old you have to you kind of have to worry uh about what they're going to be going forward uh and Millsap doesn't fit the timeline of this team necessarily if he was like 28, then heck, like, yeah, I think so. And I think also he would demand a lot more in the trade market than he does right now. Um, but it, but he's, he's, he's a really interesting player, and I like him. And if the Thunder were just playing for this season, I'm not sure that there's a player that's would be better for the Thunder that's available. Um, but it's tough. It is. Um, I, I don't think he's made an all-NBA team before he's a three-time all-star i don't think he's ever made an all-nba team i'm trying to double check that um so this offseason he'll have 10 years of service in the league so his max contract would start at 36 million oh my that is not i mean just there there's your reason i mean he's going to demand max and whoever he goes to that's what he's going to ask for and if you don't give it to him he's going to leave that's the thing. I mean, there's going to be other teams out there like Denver. I mean, Denver pushed hard for Dwayne Wade. Okay. Right. Um, apparently they, they were, you know, well deep in the trade talks with the Hawks last season. You know, there's a team right there that could potentially say, we don't care. We want to be relevant again. Yeah. Yes. It's going to suck four years down the line, but for now, you know, we're going to go ahead and pay that cost. And, the Thunder's really only main advantage is going to be able to offer a fifth year, which only makes it worse if you make it a max contract. So man, yeah, it's tough. He, um, I like the idea a lot. And I I like what you said. If he was 28, I think that changes everything completely. Um, But I, I I just, I would hesitate at sacrificing because I think at a minimum, I mean, obviously, you know, Cantor would have to be part of the trade, probably not to Atlanta, um, it would probably be like a three team sort of deal. Um, he would have to be included just for salary sake. I think Sabonis would have to be included as the prospect, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then a future first round pick. 
and then I, I don't know, maybe another team could actually trump that offer and make, you know, and, and make a better offer. But I think something like that, it's, it's not the sort of deal. I mean, if they start coming in and saying, well, we also want campaign. I, yeah, I think the deal's off at that point. Um, yeah. That's, that's not because of some you know huge love of campaign. I just think that considering his situation, there's a certain point where you say, no, that's, that's too rich. Yeah. I mean, it'd have to be like Cantor, Morrow, Cameron Payne for like a Paul Millsap, Kyle Korver type of deal. And mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't know that Atlanta would want that. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I think that that makes sense for Oklahoma city this year, but Kyle Korver is 35. Paul Millsap's 32. It's, it doesn't make sense of the timeline for this team. I like it. I think it makes the Thunder way, way better. Uh, but then, I guess, what is your ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is to reach the conference finals again, then I think you do it because I think that the Thunder can get to the conference finals with that team. Uh, but if your goal is to win a championship, then that's not going to happen, not with this team. You'd have to, I mean, you'd have to have just tremendous luck. Like Steph Curry and uh, KD would have to, like, you know, knock knees, you know, for <laughs> you know, it's just, right. there's just no, yeah. there's just no way that they get to the finals. And then they're, they're not going to beat the Cavs with that team. Um, so I, I don't, I think if your goal is to win a championship and have a sustainable team going forward, which is like Sam Presti's goal always, then, yeah. then it makes no sense. Like Denver, Denver makes a ton of sense for a Millsap if they want him because they can send, veterans and prospects and picks uh, and their cupboard still isn't bare. Like they have, they basically have an overloaded roster. They could send like yep. Wilson Chandler, Will Barton and Joseph Nurkic, which sounds like a ton um, for Paul Millsap. And then you play Millsap and Jokic and then you still have Farid and Gallinari and you've got your young guys. You still got Hernan Gomez. You still got yeah. Jamal Murray. Um yeah, that is a team that definitely, I mean, I, I think they have been waiting for an all-star to come on the market. Yeah. You know, so please take our treasure trove of assets here. I think Boston's another team that could get in that yeah. conversation. Um, and, and that's, again, those teams could probably offer just just enough more to kind of take the thunder out of the conversation, I, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and the, yeah, the thunder's offers are tough. Another guy that people are talking about is just Kyle Korver. And I have zero clue what they would want in return for him. Like, are they going to take Anthony Morrow and a second-round pick for him? Uh, probably not. I mean, what can you – I don't even right. know what, what you can get on the market for Kyle Korver. He seems like a guy that is too valuable to the Hawks right now but also has, like, not much value on the trade market. I mean, I know the Cavs would probably love to get their hands on him. I don't know what the Cavs would trade to get him. Uh, really any sort of like pseudo contender. I'm sure the Spurs would love to to have him as well. Mm-hmm. And I think he makes a lot of sense on the Thunder. The Thunder need more shooting. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Like, what are you willing to give up for a 35 year old? And then what is, I don't, I'm just confused about like what his market would actually be and what would, what would it take to get him? Yeah. And then what, what would he, what would be the cost to resign him next summer? Yeah. I mean, the last, the last big contract, he can still play. Um, but you're going to be signing this guy for three years and I don't know, 12 million per that. That's just, (laughs) that's just a, you know, just a hunch. Um, and there's also the cost 
Yes, yes, the Thunder need, you know, a, a, another wing player. I don't know that Corver is that guy necessarily. It's I, I would be concerned that he would get in the way of Alex Sabrinas. Sure. And, that's and as you mentioned, Thunder, yeah. You know, that's that's part of the goal this season is to get these guys developed and, and get them the playing time they need because they're not going to develop in practice. Yeah. They need the court time. So um, if we all just kind of, you know, come to the agreement that it's very unlikely this team launches back into a title contender you know, before the season's over, it's more important to develop these guys. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know that they're going to make a huge deal. I think that they do want to make a deal. And I put on a poll on Twitter yesterday and asked Thunder fans who they would rather have or what trade they'd rather have. And it was like, uh, I'm going to have to look at it now. Um, it was a Millsap trade that was, hold on. It was Cantor and Cam for Millsap or Cam and Kyle Singler for Rudy Gay. And like 1,400 people voted in it, which is like enough of a sample size. 70-30 uh, in favor of the Rudy Gay trade, which is a little bit surprising to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and two, I mean, a lot of these questions you kind of put out there without, you know, much context. I mean, we just dived into, you know, why, yes, Paul Millsap would make this team instantly better, but what's the long-term cost? And, yeah. you know, in a vacuum, yeah, I think you make that Millsap trade nine times out of 10, if not more. But when you start looking at a lot of the context there, well, you know, what if, what, what if Rudy Gay makes sense as a short-term rental here in Oklahoma city that they could potentially sign and trade after the season, or, you know, if, if they could get Kyle Singler off the books by acquiring him, maybe that's the real driver there. I mean, I think that there's some other things that, um, you know, could make that more appealing than what it sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, Rudy Gay, we've talked about him at nauseum. I mean, I think that that trade does make sense on some level because uh, I, I think that he can play the three sometimes. But another thing is that he's, I mean, he's basically like a four because he's going to defend fours better than threes at this point in his career. And then, like, where do Demonis Sabonis' minutes go then if, yep. if he's on the team? Because uh, you're going to play Cantor still because he's still on the team, and you're going to play Rudy Gay a lot. And then, like, I feel like that kind of takes away Domas and Joffrey Laverne's minutes because he's going to play 30 plus minutes a night. It's just, it would just be an interesting move. And maybe they do play him full time with the three and he and Robertson just share that spot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think the Thunder are in a really tough spot right now because they do have a lot of guys they want to develop, including Jeremy Grant, Alex Abrinas, Demonis Sabonis, Cameron Payne. Uh, they want to develop all those guys, but then. Like, where's the balance? And you have a 27-year-old superstar that's ready to win now. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like it's it, they're in just an, an awfully strange place with a very strange roster and collection of guys that I think are are good but don't really fit that well together. Uh, and also then these two, like Rudy Gay and Paul Millsap, don't seem to make a ton of – there's not like a perfect fit for this squad either. Uh I don't know. I, I kind of just think you just wait and see if somebody else comes on the market. Like if Gallinari came on the market or something like that, uh, I was talking with Mikey Barra that he would be a really, really nice fit in Oklahoma city over probably those two players. And he wouldn't have to take a ton of minutes away from developing guys. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I've, I've liked that idea for a while. Like you said, it's a matter of when does he come on the market? And again, maybe the thunder, 
you know, wedge themselves into a trade there? What if it is, you know, Denver works a deal with Atlanta that involves Gallinari and some of these picks or some of these players for Millsap and the Thunder jump in and they're able to, you know, get Gallinari in that deal. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I think that's more likely. I, yes, the Thunder want to improve, but I, they're not trying to go from zero to 60. Right. I, I, I don't think. They, they will be actively looking for ways to make this team better, to make it fit better around Russell Westbrook, but it's not necessarily going to be for, you know, something that's only going to open up the window a little bit more for the next two years. Right. And, and with, with a trade for the Thunder, you can always ask yourself, is Sam Presti acquiring a controllable contract? And if it's no, then it makes it even more unlikely that he's going to try to get them. Because one, I think it's hard to keep guys in Oklahoma City unless that you can offer them like a clear advantage um, in some way. Um, so I, I don't know. That's that's another reason why Paul Millsap doesn't make a ton of sense uh, for Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, unless like they reach the conference finals and they have a wildly successful end of the season. Then I think, and the Thunder offer him the max. Then I think that he stays. Uh, but if the Thunder like flame out in the first round, then I think things become a little bit dicey. And then if the Thunder don't want to offer him uh, that contract, that uh, max contract extension, I just don't think that they can. I don't think you get there. Yeah, and two. Um, I mean, l- let's be honest. Okay, there there is. I don't know how much about you know like you know, blatant tampering there is, but there's obviously a lot of backdoor communication going on. I, I don't think that's a big secret. Um, you know, teams know player agents and, and I think they kind of have a lot of communications that way. Um, you know, for example, I've heard that that was one of the things with the Brooke Lopez deal is that Brooke Lopez, you know, didn't commit to staying in Oklahoma city. And that was a strike against making that trade. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think clearly they can do their due diligence and, you know, try to find out would Millsap actually be interested in staying here long-term. And if there's, any sort of wavering whatsoever. I, I, I think it just completely puts a, puts a damper on that possibility. Yeah. All right. Next question. This comes from Aaron Terrell on Twitter. Are you guys being overly optimistic about how, about the amount of change campaign will bring? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like Cameron Payne. I watched, did you watch any of his D league game last night? No, because I, I wasn't expecting much. It's his first game since summer league. Um, you missed a perfect I, I moment when he came in the game. The announcer did not know who he was. <laughs> and it was hilarious. He was like, and because Cam came right in and he brought the ball up and he hit a, a jumper right off a of pick and roll like immediately. And then he was like, basket from... Uh, I don't know who that is. And then like, it took him, <laughs> it took him like 30 <laughs> seconds to find out who it was. Someone had to like say it to him. Oh, man. It hilarious. Uh, Cam, I wasn't looking at the game last night to see if he uh, was like playing really well, like killing people. I just want to see how he looked physically and mm-hmm. he looked good. Like he, he mm-hmm. looked like Cameron Payne. He looked a little bit bigger. Uh, I don't know if that's muscle or fat, um, but he looked bigger <laughs> and, uh, he looked. He he was getting everywhere he wanted on the court. He was taking a ton of shots. I think he put up like 19 shots in like 14 or 18 minutes or something like that. That don't don't hold me to that. Um, mm-hmm. He um, he just took a ton of shots. Anytime he got the ball, he was just launching it. And he was just clearly in the game just to like shake off some rust before he actually played in the NBA. 
uh, and to kind of get a little bit of game speed up uh, from practice. So uh, he looked physically, he looked great uh, on the court. He had some flashes. He had some and ones that were really good. But um, I don't know. I think that he's a lot better. He's way, way better offensively uh, than Kristen is. And he's going to be a massive upgrade there. And he's going to be able to run pick and rolls with Cantor and with Laverne and whoever else is out there with him and distribute. Uh-huh. I think he's going to help Victor Oladipo, although he hasn't, uh, although they haven't been staggering Oladipo with the second unit so far. Uh, but they might do that with Cam back. I think that he helps uh, Vic. I think that he just helps a lot of guys on offense. Defensively, it's a step back um, from, from Kristen because I think that he does defend well. Uh, but I do think that, yeah, I think if, that he's going to help that second unit because that second unit's not like you've mentioned before, not like they're doing great on defense anyways. So you might as well just spend that time trying to outscore people, and I think that Cam can do that. Yeah, um, it, pretty much everything you just said. Plus, I mean, this guy at one point was hitting around 40% of his threes last season mm-hmm. before we started, you know, started getting indications that there might be a foot thing going on. Um, and you know, then the trade deadline comes and Randy Foy comes in. Um, so in other words, we know the guy is, is a capable shooter. We marveled last season, like, wow, when he comes in, the ball starts moving around, you know, like other guys are getting set up. Um, he's clearly going to help with that. So I guess the other question I have is how long-term is he for Oklahoma city? Is, is it just, you know, get him a couple of games in the D league, get him up. And then by the trade deadline, he's moved on. But in the meantime, I think he could help matters. I, you know, again, not, you know, putting this team over the top or anything, but he's, he's going to make, uh, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a help to this team. Yeah. I think he's, he's in a tough spot. I think that he can help the Thunder, but I also do think that he's the trade chip for, for this season. And I do think that he goes. Uh, in some capacity, I think that he does not stay on this team. And there's there's been people saying that he he doesn't want to be here. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but it's 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 a, it's certainly strange. And he's the name that uh, that keeps popping up in trade rumors. If there's a trade rumor about the Thunder campaign, is certainly in it. And I, and I think that's for a reason. I think that people are hearing his name out there. And you know, I think it does make sense. You have this you know, superstar point guard and you have a guy developing behind him who could one day be a starter. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know yeah. if, you, um, if you do that, if you, if he wants to be here, uh, he can go get more minutes in Sacramento or really most anywhere else he could play. Yeah. It, it honestly just, it makes it more interesting why they drafted him to begin with. <laughs> I know. Not, not that it was a bad pick because I think, you know, I think he is a good NBA. I think he will be a good NBA player. Yeah. Uh, but and and maybe it was during the interviews they felt like he was a great kit. You know, fit culturally and you know, expressed you know willingness to come to Oklahoma City and some of those other things. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just kind of you just kind of wonder. I mean, unless they were preparing for losing Russell Westbrook back then, and if they were yeah. preparing for that, then why weren't they preparing for Kevin Durant's departure a couple of years prior? And I, I don't know, just it, it's interesting to think about. Well, John, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We can find you on Twitter at John M. Ham, read your stuff at Bleacher Report, listen to you on 107.7, the franchise locally in Oklahoma City. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod, and we will talk to you guys on Friday.